Cam just doing a wonderful <laughs> job of uh, hey. blowing the eardrums out yet again. He's uh, silky smooth with that crossfader. Welcome to another episode of Under the Bar Podcast here. Tom hmm. Hewitt's my name. With me, as always, is Rawdon Dubois. G'day, yes. Rawdon. Uh, g'day, Tom. It's exciting to be here in the studio once again. It is, and I'm very excited to be in the, the, the same room as Cam. Yes. It's always just exciting, even if we weren't recording anything. Just sitting here next to him in his aura. <laughs> and he's real. He's not fictitious. Now, big show coming up, mate. Yeah, big. We've got Mark Schaus, Dr. Mark Schaus, part three. So let's just do a little bit of a recap, yeah. shall we? Just is while he, I'm... He's, he's, the, he's the guest that just keeps on giving a really, <laughs> really strung this one out, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we've really bleeding Milked him, him. him dry. So part one was like the intro, covering the basics mm. of blood chemistry and yep. pathology. So your zinc, D, TSH, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, then part two, we went into the serum chemistry mm. and, and looked mm. more at organ physiology and you know how all that sort of ties in. Yep. Now, today, what we're looking at is the CBC, or the hematology. So now we're uh, looking yeah. into, I guess, more of the health of the blood. Yep. And yep. this one's been one that I, you know, I guess, haven't really got my head around mm. that much in the past. And I think the benefit of these sessions with Shousey is that I am actually coming away with more of an understanding mm. of what this all means. Because mm. I have seen people lecture on pathology and blood work and all this kind mm. of stuff. And I've sat there just thinking... I, I just don't really know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like yeah. I've sat there with someone Ooh, we've done that with, and I just don't understand what he's talking about. No, it's, just, it's weird. Don't really but it is a little, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think Shousey went, you know, balls, balls deep. Like no. he gave a nice, uh, simplistic overview. But, but I know um, the Dr. Vanesh uh, Sings of the World, uh, yes. the, the functional practitioners will really break that, uh, you know, monocytes, lymphocytes, that these these sorts of. Uh, really look into the, the when they're up or low, you know, long-term inflammation markers, stuff like that. So exactly, mate. And I think in this episode, Shousey he alludes to there's a certain art to the the matrix of oh. pathology, as oh, in yeah, 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 yeah. as in sure red cell blood count might be this and uh, hemoglobin might be that, but the relation of these things and how they all connect, Interact, um, yeah. you know, paints a certain picture. Then and obviously yep. there's a skill into interpreting pathology which you have to develop over time you know yeah. it's much like when we had Chrysler on and he talks about this quantum nature to testosterone therapy and male yep. hormones yep, um, yep, yep. I, I get the sense that there is a, a certain level uh, an art form that goes into interpreting all these tests and this data which only years of experience of accumulated sure. experience can afford you and, and, and that's why these things need to be left to the doctor sings and the yeah. shouts of the world and, and yeah. Yeah, as personal trainers, our job is to you know identify if something's not right with an individual yep. and then send them off to get these yeah, tests done. Yeah, refer out exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think um, I think gone are the days. A few and far between coaches that do tackle on tackle these types of uh, scenarios. Now there was probably a period a couple of years ago, two or three years, with a lot of coaches putting their white lab coats on and legitimately trying to uh, trying to cure illness essentially. Yes. But uh, you know, far cry from what they're actually qualified to do and. Um, you know, mixed results. You know, sometimes it, uh, they had success, and sometimes not. Yeah. And and I guess also, Tommy, it'd be worth pointing out that although we're educating the listener, it's not to say that you know everyone needs to go and run their hematology and, and start looking at markers right. and, and saying, wow, you know, these are out. What Mark Shaw said, maybe I've got this or got that, or it means this. Not at all. Really, really interesting to know all these things from my perspective, anyway. And 
potentially when when you've dotted I's and crossed T's with everything else and everything else is set up really well in their their nutrition, their training, their sleep, their stress and there's perhaps still issues and then obviously you fur out but then you know you might be able to have uh, an, an actual conversation with a, a functional practitioner and it you know oh yeah that's right yeah I remember uh, hearing the, the boys on Under the Bar and, and, and Mark Schaus talking about the, those blood markers that does make sense so most of the time you never really need to look at these blood markers but occasionally you know when, when things aren't going right you know, you might refer out, and they might actually um, reveal some something in the uh, hematology or CBC it, mm. that needs to be addressed, uh, or be indicative of, of some sort of long-term underlying health concern. So, at the very least, you're going to have the skill set to communicate with the doctors, which is pretty cool. Well put. So, Shousey Part Three, looking at uh, the health of the blood and the immune system, coming up on this episode. But before we get there, Rawdon, um, some exciting stuff for the podcast. Now we do. Yeah. We do give out the uh, email address, info at underthebarpodcast.com, yes. uh, where people can contact us and, mm. you, you know. And but, Tom, I don't particularly like to write things. No, Is there, what else can we do? Snail mail. Well, now snail we've got um, on our website, underthebarpodcast.com, you go to yeah. the homepage there and you can see there's a little send us a voice message oh. on the right-hand side of the page. And what you can do is you can click on that, yep. and up a little window will come up, mm-hmm. and you press record. <laughs> speak pipe. And you've got 90 seconds to record your yeah. little speak pipe. Yeah, yeah. And then that will email now, that off. You can decide whether you want to keep it or not, or redo it, listen back yeah. to it, and make sure you're happy with what you're sending through. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. we will play it on the show. Yeah. And then send that off, and go, boom, that'll yeah. come through to our email address. Beautiful. And so we can actually play your question or comment or yeah. message on the, on the podcast. But, you know, it could be a, uh, a scathing uh, review, review of, of, of something incorrect that we said. Yep. Uh, it could be uh, something uh, positive. It could be a, a question. So it doesn't really You can just tell us um, what you did last night or what you ate for breakfast. We don't care. As yeah. long as it's uh, interaction um, you know, with, with, with us on the podcast, we, we'd love it. So whatever you want to say, you can say it. Yeah. Mm. So uh, speak pipe. Go to the website Exciting. underthebarpodcast.com. Leave something there. The True Celtic, which we will give away, as we always do, two packets mm. per episode. Yep. For someone who leaves the best review, uh, go to the iTunes page, leave a review, take a screenshot of that, and then mm. email that through to info at underthebarpodcast, and you get mm. your True Celtic. And I will say, actually, while we're on, because True Celtic is provided by Sean Cooper uh, from yep. Subito Supplements, Supplements, and, and we yep. had Sean on... Uh, a few episodes back now talking about protein and how whey protein is actually gets from the cow's teat into our WPI. Yep. And I have been using the Sabido proteins. So have I, and funnily enough. They're, I'm happy to say they're, you know, without trying to push too much product on the listener, if you do want a good quality protein, I think mm. it's, I think they're really good. No, like, really. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're <laughs> really good. Yeah, well, so funnily enough, so do I, Tom. Yeah. I completely <laughs> endorse the Sabido range. But, but no all jokes aside, I actually, because, um, you know, I, I am quite uh, partial to a little GI distress if I have a way that doesn't, um, you know, or is it the way or is it everything else I'm taking? We yeah. don't really know, but <laughs> but um, but no, like the, it does it does sit quite well. It so, sits, um, it sits exceptionally it well. It is a New Zealand uh, sourced. Grass-fed, grass-fed whey protein. So, and look, yeah. whether it's partly placebo on my perspective, because mm. I know Sean and I know how much 
time and energy went into the process yes, of yes. making a really high quality product and he's he's spiritually and emotionally invested in yeah. making a good thing for the right reasons yeah so so i enjoy it from that perspective but it does sit super smoothly on mm. the guts mm. it's very flavorsome nice, uh, nice viscosity because you and i are quite uh, yes. uh you know gurus on the viscosity of uh, <laughs> beverages yes. coffee viscosity for example but yeah. um yeah, no, it, uh, well, actually, we helped him design that one collectively. Well, sampled it. Yeah, because back away. where we... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back in the day, we did uh, we did help him create that. Uh, so obviously, it's got to be good. Yeah, it is good. Yep. So the website, sabitosupplements.com, but it's good quality stuff. Uh, on with the show. Just a quick email has come through. This one's from Lucas. He says he loves the uh, loves the podcast. Love the episode on peptides. Oh, that the controversial. Very controversial. That was with Salim Satir. Yep. Uh, he says it's damn well about time someone dispelled some of the myths about these peptides, mm. as he's actually a massive fan of, of certain ones. He doesn't mm. mention which which ones he's using, which would be interesting to know. Yeah. Um, but uh, he says that, and he also asked if we're into any nootropics which we have discussed a few times in the podcast. We will just say with the peptides, Rawdon, I guess what he said about dispelling some of the myths Mm. is uh, a key point because we did make reference to, and Salim certainly did, that when used appropriately and you have a high quality product, and that's a a key thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, certainly talking to Dr. Singh recently, he's been now going around to a few labs where these sorts of things get get compounded and actually looking at how various supplements and things are made. He's absolutely massive on the quality of the product that you're getting. Paramount. A big believer that, um, you know, really have to dot I's and cross T's, particularly if you're ordering things online or any pharmaceuticals online because you just can't trust the quality of the product. That's what I say, yeah. Whether it's a peptide or a pharmaceutical or a supplement in many cases. Or a nootropic. Yeah, or or a nootropic. So looking into the quality of of the peptide is important. Yeah, well, the peptides, um, I think Salim explained that uh, anything... uh, below 98% pure, which still sounds fantastic, but mm. it, it sort of halves its uh, effectiveness uh, uh, and then halves again as you get to 95 and below, you know, 95% purity, you know, w- wouldn't even bother using them because it's, uh, you know, the results you get are going to be uh, few and far between. And you also have to have the genetic predisposition uh, to be a responder to the peptides too. So there's a couple of caveats that come with the peptides, but uh, you dot I's, cross T's on both those fronts, and then... Um, you know, on paper, they, they, they do produce some pretty amazing results. Um, in terms of the nootropics, Rawdon, mm. you and I had a conversation about this, and to be honest, I can't remember if we spoke about this on air or not, but um, I have been a big fan of the Pramiracetam in the past. Yep. In reference to where our, our lives are, are taking us these days, mm. I've actually started to move away from stimulants, nu- stimulants and nootropics. I've just found that... Um, uh, they're not as aligned with uh, what I'm doing these days, and I don't actually like the feeling of being hyped up and overstimulated, and, and, overstimulated and, and really wanting to um, bust my balls doing things and, yeah. and be super productive and get all this stuff done because I find now stepping back a little bit and actually doing what feels better, it tends to be more productive in the long run anyway. So the nootropics are fantastic, I think, for dieting phases when calories yeah, are low. For sure. If people are prepping for a shoot or a, a comp, I think the Pramiracetam is a wonderful supplement to use in those latter stages because you will give you focus. It suppresses yep. appetite a little bit. and Cognitive function enhanced. Cognitive function is enhanced. Mm. For day-to-day use, for myself, I'm, I've sort of stepped away from them a little bit. It's interesting you say that. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it was a, a doctor 
um, PhD in exercise physiology or something. But it was on uh, the Iraqi Nutrition Podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that one, but he's a, the guy's really cool. He interviews a lot of uh, really good guys in the industry. Uh, but he was talking about uh, caffeine and uh, how caffeine's pretty much across the board. It's the one thing that um, that is bang for the buck. It is going to do something. It is going to stimulate, heighten the nervous system and yeah, elevate heart rate so you can have a more intense workout and neural drive, etc., etc. But he did also say that but for, for some uh, performance endeavors, it's, it's not ideal. You know, like uh, if you're training the cardiovascular system, then you don't want to excessively elevate the heart rate, you know, because it sort of throws out your parameters that you're trying to set and, and, and work in a certain um, heart rate range. Yes. And I would attest to this. Remember, I spoke about this with all the cutting that I did. Yeah, 17 kilos in eight weeks. Um <laughs> You know, maybe a little aggressive, but but I did notice because I was doing so much cardio, when I had had too much caffeine, like my breathing rate was out, and and and, and I was overstimulated just from walking. It was like, whoa, you know, what the hell's going on? And um, you know, in isolation, I, I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to to conclude it was the caffeine, but because I was doing three cardio sessions there at the end and I wasn't training for any listeners that have just come in at you know what's this lunatic talking about like it was for whatever reason yeah I wasn't resistant training so it was just cardio training that I was using and um, energy restriction but because it was three times a day I could really assess when caffeine was ingested before the cardio session and and how taxing the cardio session was and there was a, a, a direct correlation so I ended up cutting scaling my coffee away from the actual cardio sessions still obviously you know, indulged in a, a few few coffees, but um, but yeah, like I, I really it, it, it overstimulated me just for you know uh, incline cardio on a treadmill. Like mm. I, it'd be like I was running a marathon. It's like whoa, what the hell's going on here? So definitely agree has its place. Stimulants and nootropics. Okay, very good. Thanks for your email there, Lucas. If you'd like to send anything through to us at the podcast info at underthebarpodcast.com. Warden, for as long as I can remember, we've been operating from the premise that when the uh, you get the calipers out and, mm. the, and the, someone comes in and you've you've been training away and the get body fat, the G banger, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the body fat goes up. You take that dreaded umbilical site mm. and we see the umbilical the curse of the umbilical umbilical skin fold go up. I mean, it's cortisol, uh, mate. Uh, Stress cortisol has to be. Well, I'm not so sure that that's necessarily the premise these days. Oh, controversial. Controversial. So. And you and I have discussed this before, obviously, with the visceral fat. We'll make a distinction between the fat that is actually stored within the gut around the organs. That's what I do very well. You do that exceptionally well. Mm. And then the subcutaneous fat, which would be the actual umbilical skin fold or the, yep. the, any fat anywhere in your body that's, that we measure with the calipers. And it's, it's interesting, Rawdon, because what we know about visceral fat is that there is actually a link or a studied or scientific link between why elevated stress hormones could cause visceral fat storage. Yep. So there is definitely a, a cortisol, visceral, visceral fat, fat. It's around the midsection, but it's, but it's the it's, what lies beneath. Yeah, yes, it's what's in the actual gut. And the, mm. okay, lab coats on for this one. Okay, we'll, we'll break Cam, it down. <laughs> pass us the lab coats, mate. <laughs> Basically. Good. When cortisol is running around the bloodstream mm-hmm. uh, systemically, uh, there is this <laughs> there little this enzyme in every fat cell called lipoprotein lipase. Oh, yep. And uh, it does many things, but in the context of this discussion, it activates fat storage. Okay. So cortisol works on fat storage enzyme, which causes fat to be stored. Yep. But the missing link of this is the cell receptor. 
So the cortisol hits the cell receptor, which mm. then gets the fat storage enzyme happening. Mm. Now, the particular cell receptor is called the glucocorticoid receptor. Yep. Needn't know the name. All you need know is that visceral fat has a high density of these receptors. Oh. So if you're in a surplus of energy and you're chronically stressed, then there is the potential for more of that yeah. stress hormone yeah. to hit receptors yeah. around the viscera and fat that you might have otherwise stored on your back or your legs yeah. could start to be centrally redistributed and you can okay. have more visceral fat. Okay. So that's so the so predisposed. Now, differentiate between males and females, do you know? or uh, the, the, the density of these receptors, are, I think, are the same for males Static, and females. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So male or female who is chronically stressed and in a surplus of calories could conceivably centralize their adipose tissue and store more visceral fat than what they may do if they weren't stressed. Okay. So, so, so there's a link there. Visceral adiposity Vitam- increase. In okay. terms of the umbilical fat, yep. well, the mechanism by which, I guess, stress hormones can cause fat storage is you have, you have cortisol in the blood. Okay. It's there to mobilize energy for you to get away from a predator. So yep. it's, there's glycogen in the bloodstream as well, which mm. elevates insulin. And so if you're constantly running these hormones, then you constantly have more glycogen in the blood and more insulin. And if you have insulin being produced all the time, then you become insulin resistant. Mm. And so I guess in a surplus of calories, fat storage would be more likely because there'd be more spillover from what would get into the cell otherwise because yeah. you're insulin resistant. Yep. And I guess it would also make fat loss more challenging because you are more insulin resistant, mm. but it wouldn't necessarily make you store your fat on, on the, your umbilical any more than it would your arms or your legs or where you would genetically store your fat anyway. Yeah, and, and, and I guess we'll chime in there. And I think um, from memory, males to females, okay, visceral, same receptor numbers perhaps, but yep. uh, that uh, male body fat distribution, obviously it appears if you look at a male and a female who, who put on body fat, you know, generally the male will have the leaner legs, legs. legs and... Uh, and arms, uh, and it will be the the, the trunk, I guess, or, and, and that visceral area where fat will go on, compared to females. And females generally, you know, the lower body will uh, accrue more body fat. But, but again, that's a gender-specific type Gen- body fat distribution. Gender-specific, and I guess just genetic stubborn fat distribution-specific. So, yeah. I guess the point is. Rawdon, if you're um, hitting the surplus of calories and putting a bit of fat on mm. and you're super stressed, then you'll put fat on wherever you put fat, Yep. Uh, which may be your umbilical. That might be where it goes first. Yeah. But if you're hitting the surplus of calories on a holiday and you're not stressed, still going to put fat on and probably still on your umbilical because that's where you store your fat first. Yeah, right. Okay. That's the take-home message. That's yeah, the yeah, take-home yeah. message. But so I guess what you're pointing out there is that it's not uh, that umbilical body fat, uh, as far as what uh, you've seen, is can't be... Um, concluded that it's just cortisol uh, related. It's, no, it's, it's more just a, a systemic fat everywhere, and you, and you put it on there as much as you would anywhere else, yep. or wherever you're genetically um, predisposed to putting more of the body yeah. fat, but just not specifically. And I, I think cortisol. it gets lost in translation between the umbilical skin fold and visceral fat. Yeah, because stress yeah. does cause more fat storage there, and stress yeah. will cause more fat storage in general. General, yeah, but yeah, yeah. not necessarily specifically um, the umbilical side. Yeah. Um, but I did actually go to this into this in more detail. I did like a little uh, presentation for the guys at you did? Um, yeah, yeah. Icon with Vinny. Yep. And I recorded that. So if you did want to learn more about that topic, you can go to my website, yep. tomhewitt.com.au. I'll put it up there. Just um, I think just drop the email in and you, I'll send it out to you. Beautiful. So you can have it. I think it was about half an hour or so. So oh, no. Half an hour of polywaffle. Yeah, put the lab coats on for that one, <laughs> let me tell you. Looking forward to it.
<laughs> there go the eardrums. Oh, thanks, Ken. Ken. Keeping us on our toes. Right, just a little bit of uh, wizard slavery to do here, Rawdon. Um, two seminars coming up uh, from Under the Bar slash Icon-ish. Yeah, look, we're going to try and cash in on that Christian Maurice uh, one. Why not? So Christian Maurice, who was on the show last week, yep. he's got his body transformation clinic. Yeah. Uh, he's doing one in Melbourne. Early December, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of December. Yep. So if you'd like to register for the Melbourne one, you can go to elementalworld.com yep. and you can just follow the links and click in for that. Yep, yep, yep. If anyone would like to do one in Sydney, yeah. um, we, we've got a handful of people who have expressed interest, a yep. couple more, and we'll run it. Yeah. So you can come and see Christian Maurice in Sydney. If you are interested, just send an email through to info at underthebarpodcast.com yep. and then we can organise that. And they can also uh, hit me up on uh, Facebook, message me if they're yep. interested as well. I'm happy to uh, pass their details on. And then uh, Christian Tobito will be out for a couple Tippy of toes, yep. seminars through the Icon Performance Center, the home of the Honesty Bucket. The world famous Honesty Bucket. The Honesty Bucket. If you want to drink, you just open the fridge up and just drop a coin in. Yep. And it magically adds up. Mm. Someone mm. bought uh, four protein shakes the other day, actually ran it through the FPOS machine themselves mm-hmm. and just put the uh, put the docket in the, in the Honesty Bucket. Oh. Yeah. That's the sort of, uh, you know, the demographic we work with That's at uh, right. Icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Really Very nice. nice. Okay, so Tippy Toes coming out. Tippy Toes is coming. And I will be at all the tours. I'm going to uh, tour the country with the boys. Oh. So, uh, Gee, that's a draw card in its own. Oh. Right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look out any females on the, yes. on the prowl. The rat bag will be there yeah. with mullet. So in Sydney, Christian Tobito is going to be doing his hypertrophy seminar Saturday and Sunday, the 19th and 20th of November. Yep. And then a midweek, Wednesday and Thursday, the 23rd and the 24th of November. Okay. I'll be doing the midweek one there, I Exciting. think. Exciting. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. Uh, they all come out of the woodwork, all these uh, yeah. guys that have been in the industry forever, because it's the first time Tippy Dose has been here. Yep. So uh, very exciting. Have you got the what he's going to cover in that uh, for our listeners that have been living under a rock? Yeah, I do indeed. I'll just say in Melbourne, he'll then be doing Melbourne on the Saturday and the Sunday, the oh, yeah. 26th and the 27th of November. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the topics he's going to be covering, Rawdon, uh, isometric training. Yep. Growth factors. Mm-hmm. That's all the, the mTOR. Uh, IGF-1 all this kind of stuff yep, yep, yep. and then he's looking at hypertrophy methods for the upper body and then the lower body so four topics across two days theory and some practical uh, uh, yeah and I think we'll, we'll point out there that it, it's not a training camp so don't uh, don't be scared off you know if you're uh, I've got one of my uh, colleagues and a uh, guy uh, I'm a mentor with uh, Justin uh, from Tassie hey Justin now he's, uh, he's getting a shoulder surgery done but I assured him that he'd still get a a fair bit out of the seminar, and Absolutely. Uh, not 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 to not to miss out on uh, uh, opportunity to listen to um, uh, you know Christian Tobito for the first time ever. So he's still going to uh, partake, as far as I'm aware. So um, that goes for the everyone else out there too. Yep. So those are the four topics, and for it's a special under the bar price. So just for bookings, go info at iconph.com.au. Go to the Icon website, you can click links. I think there's an under the bar button there as well. You can press and get that discount price. So there we have it. We've got um, Christian Tobito and then Christian Maurice, both French-Canadian, coming out here November and December. Go through to the uh, Icon or under the bar websites to find out about that. Very exciting, mate. Can't wait. Okay, good. Okay, part three hematology so or cbc complete blood count complete blood count is this more of a an overview of the actual health of the blood and the immune system 
Absolutely. This is what just tells us, you know, the red blood cells are those that carry around the hemoglobin, which carries around the oxygen, which helps to fuel the, the muscles and everything. We want to make sure that those are adequate and in yep. a balance. And there's a wide range that you can be in and be healthy. This is where, you know, it could be near the bottom, near the top, anywhere in between, and the body's still okay. It's okay. when it starts getting outside those ranges when we start seeing problems okay. where we have too little hemoglobin so our body isn't carrying enough oxygen around so our cells can't get you know, the oxygen to the brain, to the muscles, to the tissues and everything. So it just gives us more of an overview and it can give us a few things of are we getting enough B12, B6, folate. We look at some of the markers where we look at the calculations of the relationships between red blood cells, hemoglobin, and hematocrit. And if some of the numbers are elevated, like MCV is high, they're a very good marker of B12 deficiency, you know, pernicious anemia. And, you know, if B6 is off with MCH, we can tell these little subtle nutritional deficiencies by looking at this. My only problem is that once it gets to that point, we've been deficient for six months already. Okay. okay. So you're getting a little bit uh, technical there for our listener. Why don't we uh, start at the top? And um, is there something you want to ask, Tommy, like a, a silly question from your side? Well, <laughs> well it is a bit of a silly question, Shasi, but can you give a, just a brief explanation as what what blood actually does? It's a transport uh, system, Tommy. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's kind of like your trains and your buses and your cars. It transports everything, things around the body. So your red blood cells carry stuff along. They have these little energy production called mitochondria inside them. They produce energy. Mm-hmm. So without those, you're just a pile of mush on the ground. They're really Most the dynamic energy-producing organelles, these little things that go flooding around your body, transport stuff around, feed your brain with the nutrients it needs, yep. You know, helps those kidneys and livers operate. Uh, when you get... You know, when you work out, you're destroying cells. You've got to get new cells there. Right. So it'll take it from, say, the spleen and, and areas like that where they're building these new cells. And they got to go through this bloodstream to get it to the different organs all over the body. Okay. You know, to the very tip of your toes, to the tips of your fingers, through your heart. And that heart pumps all of this to get it around. So it's this dynamic system. And it has to be kept in a kind of a nice balance so that it has enough of these cells to transport material. So, I mean, safe to say uh, for Tommy's um, clarification, it's quite important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And and what about uh, percentage that's water? Is this like 70, 80% of blood is actually uh, water? What's, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And that's why, you know, our bodies are 70 to 80% water. And, you know, we need to keep that going. Uh, the blood without enough fluids in it, you begin to get things like low blood pressure. So okay. one of the symptoms is you stand up and you fall down mm. because you're not getting enough fluid to the brain. Those are things that you're not getting enough fluids to help those cells get to the different parts of your body. Another good sign of a person who's going to be uh, dehydrated to not get enough cold hands and cold feet. Oh, geez, okay. Not getting enough blood to those fingers to those toes i'm a little cold now tom yeah we're <laughs> i'm gonna have some just hold on chassis i'm just gonna have a swig of water i do gather that um you know chassis the the thickness and the viscosity of the blood can change quite a lot oh absolutely i mean it, it has to do with the different types of nutrients the different fluids that you're taking 
uh, you know, as to how slick the blood is. Oh. If it's too sludgy, slick. your heart's going to have to work harder mm. to get the nutrients in. That's known as hypertension. Blood yeah. pressure goes up. If it's too thin and you, what happens there is you might bleed out. It's too thin and there's little areas where the blood can get out and you start becoming anemic. You start losing blood losing in the blood. gut and wherever. Yeah. So you want to have a balance in there and platelets are one of the things that, say you cut yourself, those platelets run over there and say, okay, I'm going to plug that hole up. Yeah. So, so it doesn't lose it, you know, depending on how bad the cut is. Okay, okay, you've mentioned a, a few, uh, the platelets, hemoglobin, uh, uh, MCV. Um, let's start from the top. Red cell count, that's usually, a, or RCC, uh, is usually on this um, CBC or hematology uh, section of the blood chemistry report. What's, uh, what's that one looking at, red cell count? It's looking at the number of red blood cells that are circulating. And again, red blood cells are the ones that carry that little mitochondria to produce energy. It also transport and it has hemoglobin inside of it, which okay. transports iron, and the iron carries the oxygen around to free the oxygen to give it to the different organs of the body. Okay. Okay. So these markers, the ones that can be a little lower, can be a little higher. It's not a a big game changer if the if yeah, the as long as they're within that normal range if okay. you know there's anywhere low high they're they're fine if they're a little high that might say you're a little dehydrated you know too much per that little you know vial of blood you need more but until it's you know out of range it doesn't seem to be a problem so okay. you know when you do have a decreased it's anemia you're lethargic yeah. you don't have enough energy being produced that's the predominant issue now there were a lot of more serious diseases but i think that's out of the realm of this discussion yeah okay. cool cool so is there any sort of um like hemoglobin red cell uh hemoglobin's in the red cell so the two i guess are related to some degree um oxygen in the blood it sounds like a good thing is uh hemoglobin higher is there a better performance or um not necessarily and was this the marker that you mentioned in altitude will be higher as well if, if more oxygen needs to uh, uh, yeah. is required basically because of the the, the what the thickness of the air I guess exactly when we start looking at blood doping that's the whole purpose of it you want to carry more blood more oxygen mm. more hemoglobin ah. so you've got more oxygen to feed those muscles yep so they perform better and that's why you have a problem and that's also why people train at altitude yes uh, Back in uh, 68, my brother was one of the favorites to go to Mexico City in track. And he trained at the University of New Mexico, but then he went up to Santa Fe, which is a few thousand feet even higher than Albuquerque, where he lived, because Mexico City's really high up, to build up more hemoglobin. So right. that's why they do this kind of stuff. So okay. yeah, the hemoglobin you produce, you know, the more, but there's... You know, a two-sided sword here. If you have too much hemoglobin, you have too much iron, you have too much oxidation, and that okay. can cause a problem. Okay. Okay. But again, you're talking uh, outside of the low end of the reference range there for hemoglobin because you've pointed out that, you know, we, the, the, the listener can have, um, uh, you know, quite a range and they're still good to go. Right. Um, hematocrit. So I'm. This is one that I'm aware of because I, uh, you know, I've I've uh, explained to the listener that I undergo uh, testosterone therapy, and one of the things that we monitor with my uh, doctor uh, is hematocrit or the, 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 the thickening of the blood. 
Um, talk to us about Hematocrit and uh, what's what's that one all about? Well, Hematocrit's actually looking at the type of, you know, how the relationship with hemoglobin and, and red blood cells. And we're, when, you're, when you're down, it's a much better indicator of an anemia when okay. it's depressed and, you know, hyperthyroidism. It also can show you there's problems with the, uh, with the liver as well when it's too depressed. And okay. it's not, you know, the, the term hematocrit means to separate blood. So it's basically looking at the difference of the plasma and the blood cells. So uh, this is why they do a centrifuge on it to find that hematocrit and to see the separation and is, you know, does it have enough of the components necessary? Uh, you know, if you're losing a lot of blood, then your hematocrit's going to be depressed. Yeah. So yeah. If it starts showing some problems with you, might have some leak, leaking in somewhere in, you know, within the body. Okay. But with elevation, we're looking at uh, things like dehydration. Okay. That's a really strong one. And a disease called polycythemia, yep. which is where we start seeing elevations in red blood cells, hemoglobin, and hematocrit. Yep, yep, so yep. It's, a, it's a nice little marker, but it's, it's important to see how the operation. So we look at the red blood cells and the hemoglobin, we're going, okay, see where the oxygen's coming around. Do we have enough red blood cells? And hematocrit's kind of telling us, is everything working right? Yep. Okay. Okay. And then to round out uh, this little, uh, before we go into the, the immune system with white blood cells, um, platelets. What's that one all about? Well, platelets are the ones that, as I said before, is if you have a cut, you got to have a way to plug that cut up. Okay. So they're like and clotting. make sure that you're not going to bleed out. Yeah. Clotting agents, are they? Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. And too much, of course, then you're going to start getting clots in your system too little and then you're not able to heal yourself from those little wounds that you get you know on occasion okay so if we're looking at these uh blood markers the red blood cell count the hemoglobin hematocrit and the platelets now i'm starting to understand how these differ slightly from pictures of general health in terms of minerals uh, trace elements and, and electrolytes all this kind of stuff but what sort of an impact does uh, yeah. general and lifestyle factors have on these markers as opposed to you know maybe some genetic predisposition or, or some sort of disease or something so, like that so like does nutrition play a role in uh, these blood markers exactly significantly? Yeah. yeah okay oh absolutely I mean if you get an adequate amount of the you think of these things they all need proteins they need fats the cell the red cells are surrounded by fat and the fat okay. is what keeps those cells healthy, right? Surrounded. So if you're not getting the right fats into your body, and again, this is going back to this low-fat craze that we've thankfully seem to have gone over the hump on. Mm. Your red blood cells are not going to be healthy because they need that fat desperately to keep their cells in shape. Yep. So when they're deficient and the hemoglobin doesn't look right and that hematocrit doesn't, it's a reflection of your healthy diet. If you're not getting enough fat, you're not getting enough proteins, they're going to start reflecting that over time. Okay. Looks All like right. we've got another one uh, pointing towards uh, diet and lifestyle. Diet and me. lifestyle. Okay. okay. All right. Happy with the blood. Let's, um, let's have a look at the immune system. This is something, uh, Rawdon, that we have touched on from time to time and yep. more in the context that it's very hard to uh, get significant shift in body composition and put on muscle mass while the immune system is challenged, is yep. challenged or compromised, Shousey. So, I mean, Chronically. Is that, yeah, is that a fair assessment of, of the immune system in terms of uh, those chasing body composition? 
Oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, the World Health Organization says that the first thing to go when a person is trace mineral deficient is your immune system. Wow. That yeah. So people who are going through starvation, it's their immune systems that get hurt first. Their yeah, immune yeah, systems yeah. are compromised and they're more susceptible to outside influences of diseases, parasites, bacteria, viruses, and things like that. So that's where they get it's so important to start looking at that. Okay. I mean, right. starvation, uh, uh, Rodan, I dare say, coming in towards uh, showtime for a number of your clients, <laughs> they'd probably fall into that category. I mean, yeah. I guess supporting the immune system is important for people on uh, in caloric restriction. Yeah, 100%. And, and uh, you often see the guys and girls getting, uh, you know, they do pick up far more uh, colds and uh, they get run down a lot more when they're in the latter stages. So even more of an emphasis to dot I's and cross T's at, at, at that stage of the game. Uh, okay, let's go balls deep, uh, Shousey. White blood cells. So that's, what's that? That's a count of uh, white blood cells oh, in the blood? or All the white blood cells. And the white blood cells are the ones that are most important when it comes to fighting off infection and you know disease. Those are the ones that, they're different cells. There are about uh, five of them, major ones, yep. that we look at that are the, the predominant picture of how the immune system's going. So this is all the white blood cells that help your body, and, and your body is constantly being invaded. You think of yeah. the white blood cell as your defense mechanism. This is your, you know, your, your troops that you send out okay. to fight all these invaders that are coming in through your food, through your air, through your water. First line of And defense. each one of the cells has a different job to do. All right, so high or low there, what are we looking at? A middle of the reference range for that one? If it's high, yeah, you're fighting infection? If it's low, low reference range and out of reference range, that means the immune system is compromised and it can't seem to mount a defense. The lower I see that white blood cell count, the more likely I am. Either the immune system's not operating at, at all because the body's not producing the cells, or it's so trace mineral deficient they can't do it. Okay. okay. So right. when I see it down at the bottom of the reference range, immediately... Get a broad-spectrum trace mineral supplement. Straight for the Shousey uh, electrolyte blend, ASAP. Uh, no, even more than that. It's looking at things like zinc, chromium, manganese, right. copper, right. boron, vanadium, and all of those. Uh, those are the ones that we really need to right. get into it. And that's why I think we're having more problems with immune system responses because, as we mentioned before, we're not getting enough of the trace minerals. Trace, trace minerals, minerals deficiency. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. All right. I like it. So that's our uh, white blood cells, the neutrophils. The neutrophils are the most important of the, uh, uh, or the first line of the ones that go after the bacteria. So neutrophils predominantly go after bacteria. Okay. And so that's one kind of invader we're looking at. Okay. Uh, the next one we look at is lymphocytes, and lymphocytes focus more towards viruses. All right. So when we look at the two of them and we see high neutrophils, we're going, this person could be under a bacterial invasion. Right. And if the lymphocytes are high, it could be a viral effect. So when a person has the flu, yeah, you okay. tend to see that they're going to have more lymphocytes going out there. Right. So what the body does is it produces enough white blood cells to fight things off. And when it goes, whoa, I just got an invasion of virus cells. Let's pump up the lymphocytes. Let's produce more of those. And let's fight that off. And, and we're getting—we're not talking about diseases like, you know, uh, lymphocytic and you know, cancers. We're just looking at when we get invaded. Yeah. Then we go to the third cell, the monocytes. Yep. Yep. Monocytes come out and go, 
Okay, I see a lot of dead bodies here. <laughs> I see a lot of dead neutrophils, a lot of dead bacteria, a lot of dead viruses. I'm, it's the big cell. It's the big one. It's like the garbage dumpster. That's the one going around and picking up all the dead stuff. Okay. Right. Bit of it. So when we see that being elevated, we say maybe the person is on the other end of a fight right. against the invaders, and they're cleaning okay. up the, you know, the countryside, and they're going out there scooping everything up and saying, "Okay, let's get this crap out of here." Okay. Mate, this is gold. This is layman's terms. I like it. I've yeah. got a nice clear picture. Uh, yeah, eosinophils. That's the next cell, and it's the next one in, in predominance. So we start neutrophils first, lymphocytes and monos and eos. Eosinophils are uh, kind of like their allergic response. So when our body gets in something that, say, a person's allergic to wheat, they might start producing more eosinophils because the body's producing this, and it wants to kind of protect the body from that. On the flip side, when eosinophils are low, it's a very good marker, fabulous marker for adrenal burnout. When your adrenal glands are just going, I haven't got enough, and you see these low eosinophils. And I see this with a lot of high-performance athletes yeah. that are, they've overdone it. And I see these low eosinophils, and I'm going, guys, time for a break. Mm. Okay, you're, okay. you're just overdone it. And you've seen it in you know training these elite athletes when they just, all of a sudden, they just can't perform up to, the snuff is because they just burnt themselves out. And that eosinophil, for some mechanisms, we don't know why, but it's a fabulous marker for telling you might be at the end of the rope. Time to take a little bit of break. Take a break. Let's replenish yourself. Okay. And then the last one, the basophil, is probably the most unknown of the cells. When it's elevated, it's clear the person's having allergic responses. Okay. When it's low, it doesn't mean anything. It could be at zero. You're just fine. So it's, it's one of those cells that it's mostly has a meaning when it's up there. Up there. So for the uh, esonophils and the basophils, if someone who has you know got a food allergy or a gluten, gluten intolerance dairy, or something like, like that, that, and they're constantly eating these foods, these two classes of the, of the WBC, they would be elevated. Could be. Could be elevated. Right. And it, quite often it is, but sometimes it's not because the body's immune system is so shut down. And it's so decrepit Abused. that it can't mount the uh, defense it should be. And you go, mate. You, you go uh, I was going to say, uh, the neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, and basophils, are they added up equal the white blood cell count? Yes. Right. Okay. We add those all up. And But there are some cases when they have immature cells of each one of those. That's when you're under such a big invasion that you're sending out the kids. You know, you're sending out the infant cells because you're just overwhelmed. Mm. And so that's when they start. And that's a trained pathologist and a trained laboratory technician will look at the cells going, wait a minute, I'm looking at these neutrophils, but they don't look right. They look like they're too young. You shouldn't be out here yet. And so that gives us a, a picture of saying maybe the immune system so overwhelmed mm -hmm. we got to really help it out. So there's not just uh, you're not just looking at numbers here, Shalsi. There's a bit of an, an art to pathology as well, obviously. Oh yeah, and and it gets so nuanced. Mm -hmm. And I've been at this since 1985, 31 years, and there isn't a day that goes by that I haven't learned something new, something new. about how these cells operate and what they mm -hmm. do, interact and the with each other, amazingness of our human bodies. It's fascinating. One more question on this, uh, Shousey. So with these, all of these little cells that fall under the white 
blood cell count. Mm. Obviously, the immune system's involved here. How does this, does this give you some indication of, of people who are, uh, you know, chronically inflamed and, you know, they're eating these, the gluten intolerance or the dairy and it's basically triggering an, an immune, immune response from the body to almost attack itself. Does this paint a picture of inflammation or? Yeah, it sure could. Uh, you know, we would maybe add something else. It's called uh, C-reactive protein. Yes. CRP, yeah. C-reactive protein or CRP is a fabulous marker of inflammation. Uh, I have a friend of mine who's been a chief pathologist for labs for the past 40 years. And he says that it's one thing that if we want to look at it. And I know Dr. Mark Houston's another one who's a friend of mine. And, you know, he looks at it in cardiovascular disease. If we see high inflama- inflammatory markers... Uh, we know the body is under some sort of, we have to think of inflammation as being on fire. And if we're on fire, we're breaking things down and we're, we can't rebuild. So if we have somebody who's trying to become an athlete and improve their performance and they're burning their cells up, they're not going to get anywhere. You know, So we have to look at that. And if we see, what I like to do is look at the basics of this type of test. So how are we doing? And if I see some abnormalities in patterns, not just one or two things being off, but patterns. Yeah. And it's a field called metabolomics, where we look at patterns of multiple different results and say, what do we got here? Maybe we want to look a little bit deeper. Maybe we want to look at that CRP. Yeah. Is this person under inflammation? And go a little deeper, mm. and then maybe look at some of the other functional tests that are available to help us find out. And, and my biggest goal and what I try to do is I want to find the cure to the cause yeah. of the problems that a person has. Yes. Medicine tries to find the way to manage the disease once we get there. And I'm like, hell with that. I want to find out what caused that car accident. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, I got to fix the car. No doubt about that. But why does this car keep on crashing? Mm, well, you know, why does this body keep on falling apart? Let's find the cause of it. Mm. The test will tell us that there's a way to look at it and find what the cause is. Yeah, very good. Well, I, mean, I was going to say the car crash was uh, quite obviously you naked jumping up and down in the corner. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you stop doing that, the car's going to stop crashing. Especially me. Especially yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Right, That's awesome. Shouting. Really, really good. You know you make me want to shout. Interesting with that one, Rorden. I mean, we're talking about uh, the immune system and the health of the blood. Once again, uh, as he made reference there, you know, having adequate protein, uh, having plenty of healthy fats, you know, all Mm. those red blood cells are coated by a lipid layer. You need your fats. So once again, it comes back to that... uh, Really nice blend of fundamentals of good nutrition, and I think the overall point that what he's making there, mate, is that um, you know, uh, Western medicine looks at mm. managing disease, mm. whereas where he's coming from and the and, and the Vinnies of the world, you know, they're really looking at finding out the source of the problem and yeah. and, and getting to the the real heart of the issue. Not a band aid solution. Yes, and so uh, fix the root cause. Yeah, the art of uh, pathology there. It's it's really interesting. Smart guy. So we'll have him back in a couple of weeks. Mm. to um, wrap it all up with part four of his uh, of his four-part series, which we've really just dragged Milt. on nicely. We have. We have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then by then it'll be time to get him back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
exactly. looking to about Russian history, you know. It's been fascinating. <laughs> so that's been another episode of the podcast. Look, uh, send us through an email with some funny stuff. Mm. Uh, info at underthebarpodcast.com. Yeah, anything you want us to tackle, balls deep into, dip into the wizard sleeve, all of the above, yeah. uh, shoot us an email, you know, don't happy be shy. To, happy to swing some meat and uh, get yep. that done. Uh, a couple of good seminars coming up. Yeah, Christian Sabido, Christian Maurice. Sent the two through, Christians. Yeah, expressions of interest uh, for that Sydney one through to the uh, uh, podcast email as well. Yep. And uh, we'll make it happen. So contact you. Uh, you me, tomhewitt.com.au. You. Uh, that would be the elusive jubarmethod.com <laughs> <laughs> website coming soon. But yeah, yeah on uh, Instagram, uh, the Jubar Method. And of course, uh, Facebook, there's a page there as well. Or hit me up just on my. Uh, Rod and Dubois uh, Facebook page. Mm. I'm, uh, I, I, I like everyone except everyone's friend request. Absolutely, unless they're like you and they're you know they're female and they have you know two friends at some sort of porn That's site and you yeah. accept everyone. I don't accept those girls. <laughs> have an enjoyable day and uh, keep cortisol levels low. <laughs>